Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, you may be seated. Uh, we take let's let's take the offering this morning. Amen. I'm going to be sharing a bit, little bit so you guys can be seated too. Uh, get your Bibles. We'll just read a couple of verses of scriptures and and give a, an offering to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter number 15. Uh, sit as closely to the front as possible. I'll just help people to make sure they are seated snugly so that uh, we are not practicing social distancing. <laughs> This morning, amen. <laughs> you know, there's so much concern out there. But are you afraid? Tell somebody I'm not afraid. It's so interesting that um, many people are wondering what we should do. What should the church do? What should I do? Uh, I've been looking at my neighbors for the past couple of days, and their cars have been stuck in their garage. Or their driveway. People are not going out. And I understand uh, the, the need for practicing some of the info instructions that has been released because uh, they're trying to protect the vulnerable uh, members of the community. Uh, but one of the things I just want to keep emphasizing is that once you're born again, you're a new creature. Praise the Lord. We are not just like everybody else. Amen. No, it's easy to say it in church, right? It's easy to say, we are new creatures. Preach it. And these are the times for the manifestations of what we really believe. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's not easy to follow the scriptures in challenging times, but your safety is in the word of God. You know, one of the things you notice in scripture is that Jesus did not always follow the expectation of the humans, the natural humans. Even according to the law, he did not even follow their expectations uh, because he was walking by the law of the spirit. Amen. Somebody says, should you wash your hands? You should wash your hands normally. Right? You should wash your hands frequently, normally. But Jesus said, it's not the washing of the hand that saves you. Right? Did Jesus say that? Yeah, he said, it's not what enters. He said, they, they rebuked him for not washing his hands like everybody else was. He began to show them the spiritual perspective. You always have a choice to live as a natural man or to live as the spiritual man. If you live like the natural, what's going to happen? The Bible says you die like one. You suffer the same consequences as one. If you live like the spiritual, what happens? You have eternal life. You will not be subject to the natural principles. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle in the flesh. It's a struggle. And that's one reason why uh, times like these can actually go to prove what you believe. Amen. Praise God. If you discover yourself in fear, build your faith. Say amen. amen. Right? 
You know, some people think they are self-controlled until they see money on the table. If you see money on the table and it's not yours and you are tempted to take it, then you need to go back and study the fruit of self-control. Don't just assume because it's written in scripture, that means you're practicing it. Tune it a little bit, still not satisfied with the sound. Exodus chapter number 16, 15, verse 26. It said, and, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healed thee. Somebody say hallelujah. I repeat again. He said, and said, if thou wilt diligently hacking, tell somebody diligently hacking. What does it mean to diligently hacking? What does it mean to hacking? Uh, yeah, we don't use that word all the time. Did you hack into my instruction yesterday? <laughs> we don't use it today. It's, it's an old English, but it actually means to listen with an attitude to obey. It means to listen so that you can obey. Not just to listen, so I heard you, but it's to listen with the attitude to obey. You know some people are listening to you, you know they're not going to do what you ask them to do. Are they hacking to you? No, they hear, they hear what you say. They can hear you, but they are not going to do it. That's not happening. So here he says, if you will diligently hack into the voice of the Lord, and then he goes on to explain it, and will do that which is right in his sight. Somebody say hallelujah. In whose sight? If God says sit, and it doesn't look like it's the right time to sit, what should you do? You see it. So it's not what you, what you think is right. It's what God says is right. And this is a challenge that we'll have to face in situations like this. What does God's word say? What is God saying about the situations that we're faced with? What is God saying about the nations? What is God saying about the circumstances? Praise the Lord. The Bible says we must be diligent to hearken to what he says and what is right in his sight. And will give ear to his commandments. So this is the time to, to pay serious attention to the word of God. Hallelujah. And keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee. Now one of the things I just want us to see as we are studying this, even in this dispensation of grace, that there is a responsibility on our part to walk in divine health. It's not just up to God. Praise God. I know someone say, well, we are not supposed to follow the law. We are walking by, 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 by grace. This is an instruction of grace. You have to follow the principles of the new covenant, which is faith. You have to listen to the word still in the new covenant. Praise the Lord. The Bible says if you can only believe all things are possible to him that believes. Which means that if you are going to receive divine health, you have to pay attention to the word of faith. 
Right? If you are in the new covenant and you refuse to walk by faith and you begin to fear and complain and worry, will divine help jump on you by force? No. The Bible says the word was preached to us as well as to them, but the word did not benefit them, not being mixed with faith. So you are, faith is required to receive the blessings and the promises of God. And one of the things that the enemy comes against is our faith. And we have to recognize that. That's why I said the, 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 the problem or the, the virus of fear is worse than the coronavirus. We have to resist it. And how do you resist it? By the word of God. So he says that if you will be diligent, diligent means you have to pay serious attention and follow through to hear the word of God, to do what the word of God says. He said, none of these diseases shall come upon you. Somebody say, hallelujah. I said, somebody say, hallelujah. You know, if you are delivered and you are free from from diseases, you should be excited. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. So we are exempt from the sicknesses and the diseases. We are exempt from every kind of fear. And we are going to stay that way. We refuse to fear. Somebody say hallelujah. We refuse to fear. We refuse to cower in fear. Amen. Because the, 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 the salvation, the solution to the problem is in the word of God. It's in the word of God. Now, let's look at another verse of scripture. We have like 10 minutes. Let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter number 7. Start reading verse from verse 14. I know we're taking an offering, but I need to address some of the issues going out there too as well. Amen. Amen. And so times like this, you have to know not to also hold on to your seed. You have to release your seed. Because it's part of the principles of God's word. Second Chronicles, chapter number 7, start from verse 14. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. You know, many of us know these scriptures. Put it back again. That's just the verse I want to read. It says, if my people, what does if mean? This is a condition. This is what you got to do. This is why, this is what will cause a change. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. One of the things I just want to mention, this may not be very popular, but I think it needs to be mentioned, is that it's not just prayer that is required for healing and divine health. One of the things the scripture is saying here is that there needs to be repentance. Somebody say hallelujah. Now people don't recognize this, but the church needs to be able to teach this even more so. 
I've said oftentimes that sickness and disease, pestilence, they always follow the same pattern of sin. They follow the trend of sin. It's not just an Old Testament principle. It's in the New Testament. We see it first of all in Deuteronomy 28. Jesus, uh, God was teaching the disciples, uh, teaching the children of Israel that if you will hearken to the word of God and don't do the things that, uh, that, that the world is doing, he said none of these diseases that are upon the Gentiles will come upon you. So he was letting them also see that the reason why some of these things are happening is because they have opened the door through sin. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So he's saying here that if we want healing, then there need to be repentance. Now, this is, this is a serious message. And I know sometimes it may ruffle some people in the wrong way. But it's the truth. Even if we want healing for our cities, we need to confess and ask for, ask, ask for forgiveness for the evil that's going on in the land. You know, this is what people think. You just keep living the way you like. You do whatever you like. You know, grace says, God, we just forgive and cover. It's not God that is bringing sickness and disease. The one who is coming to kill, to steal, and to destroy is the devil. And the way the devil has access is through sin. Jesus Christ came, paid for our sin, gave us his blood so that we can be cleansed from all sin. And if we are going to stay in divine health, we are going to have to walk in grace consciousness, in righteousness consciousness, and in holiness. If the world is going to walk in sin, somebody is either going to preach for, to them to repent or stand on their behalf and plead the blood of Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter number 13. Maybe I should show you in the new covenant. And then we'll begin to see it. Because sometimes people act like we don't know what's going on. It's really not strange to me because we are in the last days. Amen. The Bible class clearly tells us there are certain things that will happen in the last days. You know, this is the way many people think. We just keep living the way we like, do whatever we can. And what, I mean, things are just going to keep happening until something like what's going on begins to happen. That's what happened in the Old Covenant. God saved the children of Israel, gave them prophets, and said to them, follow the word of God. I'm the one that brought you to this land. I'm the one that makes you rich. You're not rich because you're smart. You're not rich because you're strong. You're not rich because you are peculiar. It's by grace. It's a grace. I selected you, but there are some principles you need to follow. And after they began to get rich, many of them forget those principles. And then things begin to happen. Some of them don't realize that the reason why some of those things are happening is because they have deviated from the word of God. And so God sends them prophets. The prophets come and tell them, don't, don't continue like this. Things are going to change. You don't, don't expect things to keep happening the way they are happening now. Something is coming. Some say, yeah, right. Since we have always been, things have been the same way they have been. Until one day, things change. An enemy shows up at the door. And the ones that have ignored God get into trouble. Now, we are in a peculiar time in the world today. We are in the last days. The Bible tells us that one of the reasons why 
things are happening the way they are. One of the reasons is because iniquity has abound. People have left God. But the truth is that in this time, and that's my prayer, that people are going to begin to turn back to God. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. People are going to turn back to God. Those who never used to go to church are going to say, hey, where is my Bible? They're going to dig it out from under their beds, dust it out and begin to read. Hallelujah. Those who have not been in church for many years will suddenly begin to go to church. Because they recognize that there's more to life than just their regular routines. Matthew chapter number 13. I'll start reading from verse 13. Verse 13, I read Matthew 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, they see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the people's heart has waxed gross, and their eyes are dull of hearing, and their ears they have closed. Least at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. So it's not just enough to hear with the ear, see with the eyes, understand. What does it say you have to do also? Be converted. What does it mean to be converted? You have to change, turn around. So healing follows conversion, follows repentance. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. The Bible says they brought someone to Jesus who was lame and paralyzed. Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven. People said, what? Does he have power to heal uh, sickness and disease? Jesus turned around and said, which one is easier to say? Rise up, take up your bed and walk, or thy sins be forgiven. Why? Because they go together. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And so, that one of the responsibilities of the church today is not just to, just to pray for the sick. Just to pray that people be not sick. Just to pray that the, the pestilence doesn't continue. That's part of it because it's the devil that is killing. One of the things we must stand for too is that people must come to righteousness consciousness. They must forsake their lives of sin, their life of unrighteousness and turn to God. Because there is no guarantee of salvation without walking with God. Hallelujah. I say Hallelujah. You know, somebody, Jesus, ministered to that was sick. The Bible says Jesus said to him, go and sin no more, lest something worse comes. That means that it always follows. Isaiah 53 says, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Meaning that salvation, righteousness, is what produces divine health. Not just normal healing, and sin always opens the door for afflictions. And so that's why the church cannot afford to close. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Now people think that the biggest problem we have is that people are shaking hands. 
They think the biggest problem we have is that people, you know, are, are hugging. People are going out. But one of the biggest problems we have is that people are ignoring God. That's the biggest reason for any kind of destruction. Is that people don't serve God. The Bible tells us that if you run to the Lord and live right, he said, none of these diseases will come upon you. You can say it better, amen. amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, more important than washing your hands is meditating on the word of God. More important than washing your hands is forgiving those who, can, who has ought against you. You know, you can wash your hands five times and cost ten times on top. Your washing your hands will not prevent you as much as forgiving those who you have ought against. You know, the world focuses primarily on the natural because that's all they can see. And they are doing the best they can with what they have. If they can't see beyond the natural, they have to focus on the natural. But we know that these things are not just natural. That everything that is natural comes from where? The spiritual. And so we are of essential duty in this day and time to teach people how to stay in divine health. By we staying in divine health ourselves. Hallelujah. By refusing to fear. You know, fear itself is a sin. Right? Fear is you saying the word of God is not true. And fear is not a feeling. When you feel fear, it doesn't mean that you are afraid. You, you are afraid when you begin to make decisions based on that fear. It's your corresponding action that equates to fear. So even when you don't feel like, but you know the word of God says this is what you should do. And you do what God says. You are acting in faith and not in fear. And the Bible says that fear is what makes people susceptible for things like this. So you have to fight against fear. You have to resist Satan. You have to resist cowering in fear. Speaking like the rest of the world. Being worried. Instead, you have to begin to teach others. That the anointing breaks every year. Heals every man of sickness and disease. Even if you have something that looks like a symptom, don't say, hey, it looks like I've caught it. No! Rebuke the symptom and say, I cannot be sick. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And stand upon the word of God. That, that, that symptom will disappear. Because many times, the way people become susceptible is fear. They, maybe they, they, they go around someone who sniffed, they touch something, and then suddenly they begin to feel some way. The enemy say, yeah, 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 you caught it now, you caught it now, you went to church that day. And people begin to, begin to get that kind of mindset. And if they accept those thoughts, that's what opens the door for the enemy to have access. So we want to resist fear. We want to stand up against it. Want to declare that we are living in divine health. Somebody say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say it louder. Hallelujah. hallelujah. And you know one of the proof of faith is joy. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So if you are sad, looking, worried, then you need some more faith. You can't be depressed and be in faith. 
You can't be sad. The Bible tells us in Philippians 1, it said, in nothing be terrified by your adversary, verse 28. He said, that is the first sign that you are winning and the first sign to the enemy that the enemy is losing. So you need to laugh at coronavirus or any kind of virus. Just laugh at it. Refuse to fear. I said refuse to fear. I said refuse to fear. I said refuse to fear. Refuse to fear. Amen. If the devil is trying to, to bring fear, take your tambourine out and begin to dance. Sing songs of praise, songs of deliverance. Because as you are singing it, you are hearing it and you are, you are reminding yourself the word of God. Listen to messages. Don't spend all the time listening to negative stuff. That is what we protect you in this season. Let me tell you, I'm expecting a testimony that at the end, they will discover that those who are Holy Ghost filled, none of them caught these diseases. That is a testimony to the church. Not to be afraid like the rest of the world. And I also want to mention that one of the things the enemy is coming against is not just the health, but also the finances. That's why he's trying to cause cities to close down. Right? Now, people don't know it now. Some people do already, but some people don't. The enemy is trying to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He's trying to cause people to become broke. Many businesses are right now in the verge of being taken over by the government because they cannot sustain themselves anymore. So it's not just coming against health. It's coming against finances. And the Bible tells us one way to sustain your finances is what? To give. The person who holds back is because of fear. And that's why you can't allow fear also to get into your finances. Don't begin to say, I don't know what's going to happen. Let me, not, let me hold on to my tithe just in case. You're opening the door, unfortunately, for the devourer. And God forbid. Somebody say hallelujah. So if there is a challenge financially, that, or there looks like there's going to be a challenge, how do you secure your future financially? You're going to have to sow. You're going to have to believe the word of God. You are going to have to act upon the word of God. It's what you to say. I believe, I believe. It's not in the saying it. It's in the corresponding action. If you say you believe and you don't do what the word of God says, you really don't believe. Bible says some people are self-deceived. Because they are hearers and they don't do it. But they think because they hear it, they are actually aligned to it. It's not true. So if you want to protect your finances, what do you do? You sow. Short, you increase your giving. Somebody say hallelujah. Because your faith is in God, not in man. Your faith is not in your job. Your faith is not in the system, not in the government. Your faith is in the supreme God. And this is the time to prove that by sowing. Somebody say hallelujah. Don't let fear cause you to withdraw. And that's what happens oftentimes, not just because of this economic situation. Many times in life, when people are going through challenges and finances begin to get challenged, what many people do is that they withdraw their seed. Not recognizing that they are withdrawing their faith. And faith is what is required to put you over. Once you are in need, the best, the best thing you really could do at that time is to give. The Bible shows us in the book of Kings, the woman of Zarephath, 
had little or nothing to live on. She was about to eat her last meal and what? And die. She was ready for death. She, she was no other way. She couldn't see. People were eating their children. But God wanted to help her. What did God do? Send food to her or rain to her. What did he do? Sent a prophet. And what did the prophet say? Give me first. It looks like, what, what kind of thing is this? I need it more than you do. But God was trying to sustain the woman. So that her faith will be sustained. I believe it was when she went and began to prepare it. That it began to multiply. Because it's the principle of seed time and harvest. If she had kept the little she had. What would have happened? She would have eaten it and she would have died. And would have said, oh, God did not save that woman. She had faith. She served God. But the law of seed time and harvest doesn't change. You know, one reason why I say that as long as we, we should, as long as we can, and as long as Jesus is Lord, we should have services. Somebody say, hallelujah. I said, somebody say, hallelujah. Because we are on essential duty. Amen. We are praying for the nations. We are making more impact than the medical profession. Because we are dealing with the problems from the root. And we need to come together to pray. And to worship God. Can you imagine how much worship has been deprived from the heavens for, for the kind of activities that is going on? And the people think it doesn't matter. That means they don't recognize that the power of praise, how much it affects the land. I'm not saying that we need to come against governments, but there are times where we need to stand upon God's word, even if it's unpopular. Somebody say, hallelujah. Go and read Matthew 24. Let me read it and then we take our offering. Somebody say, Hallelujah. You know, when things like this happen, you have to go to scripture and read the news. Amen. You don't look to CNN for the news. You go to the scripture. Because the scripture already tells us what we be before they happened. But I want to show you some parts of it that some of us may not have seen. Let's just start from verse 1. And I'm going to be very quick. Because uh, the media department, we have decided that uh, the message will start properly at 11.15, so people can always join us internationally. Amen. We are going to do to, to try and catch that time. Verse 1, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, see ye not, see ye not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Three, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us what shall be these things, and what shall these things be, and what shall be the signs of thy coming and the end of the world. Verse 4, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. When he said, Take heed, what do you mean? What does he mean? Be cautious, or you will be deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. The word dead troubled means don't be afraid. So when you see all these things happening, don't be afraid. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Seven, for nations shall rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine and pestilences. Go and check that. It means different kinds of diseases. And earthquakes in diverse places. How many of you know there was an earthquake not about a week or two ago 
in Utah. It was not even in the news because coronavirus covered everything. It was a 5.7 earthquake here in the U.S. Verse 8. All these things are the beginnings of sorrows. It means that you are, we, are, we are closing in on the last days. 9. Then, verse 9. This is a very interesting scripture. He said, then and then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall was cold. For he that endure to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as a witness to every nation. And then the end shall come. Somebody say hallelujah. But one of the verses I want you to notice is that the Bible says that when all these things are happening, he said, don't be afraid. Then he says that, and then, verse 10, um, he, said, he said, verse 9, and then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Meaning that one of the things that we follow some of these challenges in the last days is that the church is going to be persecuted. And if you are not ready to stand with what you believe, you are going to follow the rest of the world. But those who will stand with the word of God, the Bible says that they will even be hated. So what are these people doing? They are trying to save Paul's and you are saying that we have to pray. Men will rise up against the church. And it looks like it's just an economic thing that is going on. But the enemy is trying to get a global government to suppress the church. And if it becomes obvious that one little instruction and all churches get closed, it's going to become a regular routine when you have an ungodly government. The world is preparing for the reign of the Antichrist. And all of these things are test runs. But that's why the church must be ready to stand even when it is unpopular. And stand with the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word as we bring our offering this morning. We're not afraid. We're not afraid of sickness. We're not afraid of disease. We're not afraid of death. We're not afraid of, of, of authority. We, are, we, we just respect your word. We give honor to whom honor is due. We bring our first and our best. We know that you have declared the end from the beginning. And as we rise up and give, we know that you have said, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over shall be poured into our bosom. When people are saying there is a casting down, we say there is a lifting up. We declare that wealth is being transferred into our hand. That even when people are afraid, we are increasing. Wealth is coming, right? Abundance is being given to us. We will not lack in this season. Instead, we will have an overflow. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for rebuking the devourer for our sake. The devourer that comes against health, that comes against wealth, that comes against families, will arise and come out of these refined as gold through fire. And the church will be stronger for this. Many shall come out of darkness into the light of God's word. We refuse to cower down in fear and we stand upon your word and see your great manifestations in today's day and time. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. All right, we're going to do it very quickly. And uh, immediately after that,